0: Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low-Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey you, what's going on? It's been a week since we last seen each other. It's time for another episode of Movie Time. And in this episode, it's been about a week since the Oscar noms have been announced. And given some time to think about it, Blake and I, we talk about who are the true winners and losers from the announcement heading into this year's Oscars. We'll talk about the controversies and the debates surrounding what was announced, so... Definitely stick around and listen to our thoughts. And of course, don't forget to share your thoughts and comments in the comment section. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack. It's that time once again for movie time coming at you right now. Hey, hey, what's up everyone? It is Time for another episode of Movie Time. You got myself, Renee, Loki Geek here, and my buddy, partner in crime, Blake, the Wolf. What's going on, my dude?
1: Renee, I am the Paul Dano in the Fablemans to your Seth Rogen in the Fablemans. I'm just glad to be the
0: picture.
1: Good, <laughs> good to see you. Hi, Renee. Yeah. We're talking. We're talking winners and losers today. I feel like a winner yeah. just every time it's Oscar season. I love it. Are you ready Absolutely. to talk about this? How are you doing, man?
0: Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm definitely ready. Um, in this crowd right here, in this collection, there's no losers here. We're all winners, and everyone watching, listening, you're all winners in in our books as well. Uh, but yeah. It feels like a, it's been a while now since we heard the nominations, but it was literally just several days ago. So but since then, there's been a lot of talk. If you have been keeping yourself up to date with the industry news and talk, there's been a lot of back and forth about some fallout from these nominations, but also some good stuff, too. So we definitely want to cover the winners and losers, you know, snubs, whatever the case is, um, and all that good stuff now that we had some time to really think about um what we we witnessed and and saw un- unveil in front of us but before we go ahead and do all that again if you are brand new to this channel and you haven't seen us before welcome we're so happy you're here to talk about Oscars and movies and all the like this is the movie time po- uh, podcast where we are a weekly movie review podcast where two buds get together and we talk about and bullshit about movies um, we release episodes every week you can find it here on the low Geek channel and if you would like to see this and many other pieces of content just like this don't forget hit that like subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already hit that notification bell so that you can get notified every time a new video is uploaded Thank you again to all the audio listeners out there. If you're looking for an audio version of this episode, you can find it on the Low-Key Geek Podcast channel. Just type it out on your podcast platform of choice where you can download this episode and many others. And if it prompts you, don't forget, leave a nice rating. Also, you could comment on those uh, podcast episodes too. So go ahead and feel free to comment there as well. Before we talk about all the Oscar goodness, Uh, We kind of like to start the week off or start the episode off talking about, you know, maybe a movie or two that we've seen this past week. Um, I haven't watched anything. (laughs) I feel like this week after the whole Oscar nominations, I was just kind of like uh, spent uh, with uh, movie talks. So I took a break. And I actually started playing some video games for a change, which is something I haven't nice. done in a while. Um, but but I know, knowing myself, I'm going to restart all again uh, next week with some of the... You know, catching up on some of the Oscar noms that I haven't seen yet. And catching up some of the more, I guess, lesser talked about movies that have come out recently. Like, we had a movie come out on Netflix with Eddie Murphy. Um, and then we... I I do want to see Infinity Pool. There's something about that movie that I'm very morbidly curious about, so I definitely want to catch that. So that's how it is on my end. Uh, what about you, Blake? Seen anything worth talking about?
1: I kind of wish I was in your boat. I instead went straight into my obsessive compulsive mode with movie watching. <laughs> and as soon as the nominations were out, I was like, yeah, it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. In the last three days, I've watched five movies that I hadn't seen yet. Nice. Once ones I hadn't gotten to, um, there was one of the the, the live-action short films, the Martha Mitchell Project on Netflix. An easy watch, um, didn't love it, love it. I don't um, know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to the short films down the road, but um, yeah. Fire of Love is a big favorite documentary, Ooh. and Navalny. Those were two nice. of the documentaries I watched. Overall, we'll get to all this stuff later, but yeah. I actually had a great time with both of those. Um, I saw Bardo, which is also on Netflix, the Iñárritu film. Um, had a better time than I thought. I think that was panned widely. I actually enjoyed yeah. it as just like a little oh, art okay. film. I loved Birdman. I, I know he's not everyone's cup kind of tea. Um, yeah. But then the-, the one I saw literally this morning, I happened to wake up early and went to the morning showing at AMC of The Whale, the Brendan oh. Fraser vehicle, okay. which i guess did it get other nominations i have to pull up my list but i know he's the main contender in that category but uh oh hong chow for supporting makeup Mm -hmm. and hairstyling so we got three um so i i'm glad that that was one of those there'll be a bunch of the you know animated shorts and stuff where it's only got the one and i'll just kind of watch it just to knock it off that list and every year somehow I see a random movie Diane Warren has a song in the end credits just right. for the song in the end credits, which is, <laughs> I need, I need, I need help. But for now the way, actually it was very moving and I see why people enjoyed it. I see why people enjoyed the Brennan Fraser of it. Yeah. Um, I knew that some people talked about the it being a body transformation role and my understanding is it's not, it's mainly special effects and body mm-hmm. mold and stuff like that. But, Nonetheless after even if I don't know to what degree he did do weight gaining stuff but to some degree he's putting food in his mouth at an alarming rate he's oh, yeah. breathing differently he's speaking differently he did at least some version of acting transformative acting even if I don't know to what degree body stuff but it was uh, it was very moving some parts are hard to watch i actually like hong chao less as an nominee now which, really? When we go through the, the list, someone was saying that The Menu did all of the work because that was one of the more popular and successful box office movies, but that The Whale has a big... Um, it's it's an A24 movie, which we'll talk more about their awesome Oscar uh, morning. And they were doing a lot of the groundwork and campaigning for Hong Chao, whereas main, people are really would be nominating The Menu if they had done the campaign stuff, but... We don't see the menu in these nominees. No. Uh, I don't think anywhere. Did it get no. a maybe a, a screen? Yeah. That, wow. it did. I, I yeah. thought it was going to get a screenplay. When... I did um, too, yeah. Wild. So yeah, I think that's that That makes sense to me in a way. I still would have gone Dolly de Leon as just if you're going with one performance, but Hong Chao being in two movies that people took seriously. And actually, Whale has been successful. I was at the 11 a.m. showing on a Saturday, theater was about half full.
0: And my understanding
1: is even before the nominations, it was making steadily more money than people thought. So um, yeah, overall, I, I recommend it. Um, For certain folks, like there are scenes that are hard to watch and it might be, it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty depressing at times, but there's also an inspirational message behind it. So overall I thought it paid off pretty well and I'm very glad I saw it and glad we do this every, every year even couldn't cool. yeah. help myself I'd be doing it anyway <laughs>
0: um yeah no I'm glad you finally had a chance to see it cuz like I saw it um a, a while ago now um and we haven't had a chance to really talk about it so the the one thing that I really liked about that movie obviously it's the performances um Brendan Fraser obviously gives such an emotional really, really inspired and energetic performance for his character there. Even though at many times it was so depressing, the stuff that he kind of admits and goes through and talks about, right? And kind of, um, you know, I, we'll, we'll talk brief spoilers right now because I feel like, you know, it's it, it's uh, it's good to talk about this because it really is impactful to the performances and all that. His relationship with his daughter, and how he's trying to save a lot of that, and how he spent most of his time trying to rekindle those relationships and connections because he knew he was getting close to the end of his life. And that's basically how the movie ended. It was so sad seeing him with his mantra every time something bad was happening, as he felt like maybe a heart attack was coming on or something like that he had this whole mantra that he would have to go through because you know, basically he wants to hear something that he finds to be beautiful. And that's kind of like the last things he wants to hear in, in, uh, before he goes. And it happens to be the book report that his daughter wrote uh, about Moby Dick. Uh, so the, all that was very touching and heartwarming. And, and again, the performances are great. I'm surprised you weren't a fan of Hong Chao's performance in it because I feel like, it was good. She... I'm not saying it was okay. terrible,
1: but it just, to me, it wasn't um, nom- it wasn't a top five of the year. That's okay. all I'm saying. It was good, and her performance in the menu was good. I mean, neither of them would have outperformed a few other people I had. I, I mentioned Dolly mm-hmm. DeLeon just because that was, Triangle of Sadness was a big favorite of mine. Yeah. And um, that was like the one I was pulling for of the people who mm-hmm. didn't get nominated. But there's, I- I'm not even sure, maybe Hong Chao was a top 10 performance for me, something like that. So I'm not pissed about it. I wouldn't say it okay. was like an offensive nomination, like way off, but uh, I wouldn't have put it in my top five now that I've seen that movie.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I I mean, I wouldn't put it past anyone to consider her in for her nomination, because if you took the two movies and added them together, right. I think we talked about before in our, uh, the episode previous to our, our live stream of the Oscar nom reaction where, It tends to happen all the time where if you have a year where someone does multiple things and they happen to all be good as a a combination or a conglomerate, then that person is going to be nominated, but for whatever the studio is pushing the most, right? Um, But in the Academy's minds, they're taking all of those performances together and kind of combining it into one, right?
1: And yet, Paul Dano, who killed it as the Riddler... And was a big favorite for being nominated for supporting in The Fablemans. <laughs> okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're, we're going to go through <laughs> the winners and losers. Yeah. But for well, Paul Dano.
0: I know, but... I know. Yeah, but uh, but th- to close out the whole whale conversation, um, the, uh, another thing interesting about the movie is that you know it's what you know they call a chamber movie, right? Where it's basically just in one location the whole time. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't. I. I'm surprised. Like I didn't get tired of that. Um, because I think there was just a lot happening, but it also felt very much like a stage play. And I know this was based oh, off sure. of a stage play. Um, so I, I would be curious to see how that really plays out on the stage, but it really did play out like one. Um, so if if you were if you're someone who's not into stage plays and all that, then this is gonna be a movie that might throw you off a little bit. Um because other than that. Uh and I and I still stand by this. If it wasn't for the performances, the movie itself is not that great. Um, and I think it's really the performances that carry the movie altogether. Um, but yeah, that's it is what it is. The whale is there and it has been recognized, you know, at least through the Oscar nominations, uh, for several of the categories there, but most importantly, I think, or hugely because of Brendan Fraser and his um performance in that. Um Cool. So yeah. So that is the whale. I'm glad you saw it. Um, any anything else you you saw that you wanted to share really quick, or that's pretty much it?
1: Uh, the, the, those are the five that I've that I've seen. But what we're nice. still workshopping content right now. I'm thinking about calling the whale my year of Moby Dicks, but we're not sure. It, that'll make sense if you've seen the movie and if you saw Mizzou <laughs> Meg reading the nominations. Yeah, nailed it with a straight face. Uh, oh yeah. That taking a moment. Meanwhile, the audience is cracking up. And then the mm-hmm. next movie was something like, "Is the world a lie according to an ostrich?" or something like that. And dude is a great actor because he was just sitting there, just eating whatever smile and laughter he had in it. Yeah. While everyone's losing it, and uh, and then um, Allison Williams just goes, "No comment." No
0: comment. Yeah, <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, it's, I think this is the best chemistry we've seen. In one of these things that we, you know, especially when you compare it to like previous years, especially when they did the whole Zoom thing and all that stuff. This is the best chemistry I think I've seen of these like kind of this kind of presentation. So it was it didn't make it so painful to watch this time, I felt.
1: Yeah, I would love to see Riz Ahmed everywhere. I know that like I don't think he would be great necessarily at the comedy portion of hosting. But no, if there's the more serious role or if he needs to like Mm -hmm. introduce the show. Like, I remember after, in the 2002 one, Tom Cruise comes out and gives a, a riveting speech about not letting the terrorists win and cinema and the power of it. So, like, I could see the dude doing that. He's very serious. And I've seen him, like, speak. I think he spoke before Parliament or some big government body in in um, England. Um, and dude is powerful with that. Yeah. And meanwhile, Alison Williams, whose dad was a news anchor, Brian Williams, is just, like, laughing, smiling, breaking care. Yeah, but that was... They they nailed it and they didn't do too much of this stupid back and forth humor and No. They both no nailed shtick. pronunciations, which is I think yeah, no shtick. And the other hardest thing always is it's early, especially on the Zoom ones and these like they got some folks who were quite ready for the moment and then if you're doing that job, just practice every pronunciation until yeah. you get it down or else yeah the amount of times you hear them go oh sorry i'm not sure if i'm saying this right and it's so awkward and this is supposed to be a yeah. moment someone's celebrating and you're mm-hmm. now butchering their name the first time a lot of people are hearing it um especially in some of the smaller categories so marnie williams sorry marnie was her character in girls allison williams and riz Ahmed. i could see i just if they want that role every year it's i think it should be theirs to lose that was yeah. lovely.
0: yeah no hey yeah like i said the chemistry was kind of perfect, like with Riz Ahmed being more of the straight guy and Allison Williams being the more like reactionary, you know, kind of quirky person, um, didn't make the presentation painful to watch. And, um, you know, it went by really, quick, you know, really quick, no no shtick, no stupid bits or anything like that. Um, I felt like like the one thing that annoyed me the most, and I think this was last year where they they brought on some YouTuber who talks about movies to kind of, like, help oh, yeah. with the presentation. Yeah. And I'm like, what are they doing here? I'm like, this is kind of painful. I felt like watching, you know, like, the little the the little bits they have before the movie. Like, if you get into the movie theater early. And, like, you have... Right. They're interviewing some YouTuber. Maria Menudos. That's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The newbie. The newbie, they call it, or something like that. Um, and she's, like, going through, like, all this trivia questions. And, you know, this young... 20 something year old who doesn't know that a league of their own is a baseball movie, you know? So I'm just like, all right, Right. whatever. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So yeah, since we're already talking about the nominations, let's go ahead and dive into it. Cause there's definitely been a lot of talk since that has, you know, since that's come and gone. Um, First, let's recap like the, the biggest uh, winners from the groups there about the ones who got the most nominations altogether. So you have, Everything, everywhere, all at Everything once. Who everywhere. Got a... Oh my God! Everywhere. We're everywhere. Um, eleven nominations altogether. You have all quiet on the Western Front and Banshees tying with nine each. Um, you have Elvis with eight, which I think surprised most people because I don't think people were expecting Elvis to get this much love. Um, this year, you have the Fablements with seven, and you have Top Gun Maverick with six. So those are like really the top there, um, just because of that from that like quick blurb, was there anything that really stood out to you the most? Um, as, I mean, I, I think as we were watching and reacting, we were pretty much shocked how much love all quiet was getting. Cause you know, just hearing yeah. that name kindly like, an, like announced was just something we were not yeah. expecting for sure.
1: I mean, first off, googly eye gang. Yes! Since before it even went wide, that was like our pet movie of the year. So I think I was listening to someone talk about it and essentially there are always things to mourn. There are always snubs. There are always groups of people who are just completely fucked by the Oscars and no exception this year. There are things to be angry about. This was one of those years where there was more to be happy about than normal, but I don't want to ignore just the, their literal injustices and their snubs and, and, and the Andrea Riseborough of it all. There's definitely things to like talk through. Yeah. Um, and that the Oscars need to get their shit together on. But uh, all the, while that is true, what is also true is I was pumping my fist more than I normally do. Mm-hmm. And I'm also excited because we could have a conversation like Par versus Everything Everywhere all at once in Lead Actress. Often the conversation is like Nomadland and Power of the Dog and movies that are just like, that I'm not as passionate about. Yeah. Um, and then it, it the conversation will get like Bohemian Rhapsody and La La Land and just like movies where the conversation will be muddier and more annoying and more obnoxious and they like, well, I used to like this thing. And then the director said something at the, an award speech that now makes me rethink, are they a good person or not? Like, we have plenty of time to get <laughs> through all of that. Right now, we've got yeah. some pretty pure, uh, pretty um, plenty of things to be excited about. And there's some people that I'm properly rooting for who... I feel pretty good about rooting for it. Apparently, the mm-hmm. Everything Everywhere cast has been, like, showing up for each other. They all have the best yeah. attitudes I've seen of any group in a while. Um, And that's been really fun to watch. Like, Judd Hirsch being there, and he's been pretty humble and had some great anecdotes. And, you know, this dude's been around. He was in the show Taxi, like, a show yep. that my grandfather enjoyed. And I, watched I used to Re-based watch that show. Up. Hell yeah. So, like... There's some there are definitely some things to be excited about, which at the very least we can say I will we will have more fun conversations than we may have in the last couple few years, especially the sparse um when there was a lot of streamers on there and movies yeah. in main major categories that nobody saw. Like there was a rough couple of years there for the Oscars. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel this year, who's a host of hosts, like this guy I don't know I, i'm not sure he's someone to get too too excited about but mm-hmm. this might be a return to form in a way for the oscars and they uh we're going to talk through winners and losers but one is there's a lot of movies that people have seen on this list which yes. was definitely not true mm. two years ago yeah so i'm excited overall compared to recent times
0: yeah and i and i think that's been the challenge of the whole academy like trying to get more people to watch the presentation, more people invested, and in all that. Um, I think for you and I, the reason why we're so invested is because we saw this one particular movie that we just fell in love with, and rightfully so, it's getting all the love and attention that it's getting now. Um, and then there's an- and then performances like the performances that we've mostly enjoyed throughout the year have all been recognized and we're all kind of been rooting for them and championing for them this whole time I oh, don't and, say
1: all oh, well i'm i have the right to be pissed off on a few well of these.
0: A, a, a good amount a good amount a good amount yes, and we'll yeah and we'll, yes. yeah and we'll yeah and we'll definitely talk more about that uh especially weeks leading to um to the the actual show um we're definitely going to be having more conversations as we kind of recap and revisit some of these things that we've seen because a lot of these movies we may have seen earlier in the year, and maybe our mindsets have changed if we rewatch it. You know, we, who who's to say, who's to know. Um, but yeah, let's dive into some of the winners right now. And I would have to say the number one winner in my book is A24 as a studio. Um, the fact that in, in their whole history, this is the most uh, nominations that they've ever gotten in a single year. Or anything that they've helped put out, you know. So was it eighteen nominations altogether for for their properties, uh, which spans six movies? So you have everything everywhere all at once. Marcel, the show with shoes on, Causeway, After Sun, The Whale, and Close. Um, so that in itself is phenomenal. Um, if you have been following us enough, listening to us, you know how huge of uh, fans we are of A twenty four. We have. Episodes dedicated to A24. Um, that's how much we just love that um, that production house and that studio. Um, so I think we, you and I were both extremely thrilled with their success this time around.
1: Yo, I'm serious. I remember our first conversations about that movie back in March, and it was like, This is going to be our favorite and our guess from history is that this won't be recognized by the Oscars. Yeah. I think I was more gung ho about it then, where I was saying, I think it has to be. And you were more skeptical, which you had the full right to be of just saying like, no, they normally don't take sci-fi movies seriously. They normally don't take movies like this seriously. And that's absolutely correct. But this movie is undeniable. And we saw that that was our first video that, that kind of blew up and the, the most excitable I've been about a film in Mm -hmm. a long time it's currently in my top 10 movies on letterboxd and it a lot of people were hyped about it so far the only backlash i've really seen to everything everywhere is there is a certain toxicity within the fan base of people who are being angry at people who don't love love the movie (laughs) and if that's your biggest problem is online reddit bros being like a little too hyped about your movie that's not the worst sin of a movie like there's another world where we have worst nominees and you've got a blonde up there and you have to have just the worst conversations about things that director has said. And yeah, um, this, this is a movie that it's pretty easy to get behind so much so that the only backlash I've seen so far is that um, there's always some movie that has a surge and momentum closer to the time of release. We're talking about the nominees overall, all quiet. I, I, my current, my, my guess was that the, the surge and momentum it had, wasn't going to come through with the Oscars. And it absolutely did. It's yeah. really hard to predict things like momentum. Um, so I'm sure we'll see, like, what are we going to see? Maybe Fablemans or Triangle of Sadness or Top Gun, like a movie like that could have mm-hmm. on February. Oh, I heard more people are voting for it than we thought. And maybe everything yeah. everywhere will end up um, without too many words, but Currently, if it won everything it was nominated for, it would be the winning most movie in Oscars history. If it loses two, it won't even be tied for it. But it's it's the fact that it's that even be nominated for so many awards is is exciting for sure.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, and and I think that's why you and I we were like so stoked just hearing it constantly being mentioned, you know, you know, in all the different categories. So it, it's hard to say that. Everything ever all at once is not a big winner from this thing because they they are you know this they're another huge winner um, for this year's Oscars. Uh, we already talked about all, all quiet, definitely surprising a lot of people there. Um, Banshees too. Banshees is a huge yeah. huge winner. You know the fact that they got all the main actors nominated in all the acting categories. I think a lot of people were t- totally expecting. Uh, colin farrell to be nominated um but to have uh, uh what was a carrie Condon uh, nominated true. yeah and, for supporting yeah. actress two supporting <clears throat>
1: actors and then all the major categories there's yeah. a few movies that check off the main boxes you would need to be a best picture like your odds of best, best picture go up when you're in cinematography editing screenplay mm-hmm. however many acting ones you have and that hasn't been the case as much in recent years especially since the oscars started doing preferential balloting for best picture but not in the other categories so like parasite was a year where you had i think zero acting or one acting and yet it wins but historically if you're going to be get a lot of number one votes it really helps if you're in directing which everything everywhere and banshees is in but um um, uh, all quiet is not or yeah. if you're in screenplay which those are in um, editing there was there was some that overall there's a couple few movies who have a really good case for best picture on crossing off those boxes no definitely. definitely one of them
0: yeah so, so that definitely a huge winner uh, this time around, and uh, I don't know if it surprises people, but I bet you it surprised a lot of the non, the more general populace, you know, the, who are probably not as familiar with that movie. I feel like you and I were not that surprised, um, you know, maybe slightly, but we know how strong of that movie that was, you know, and I know both you and I we appreciated that movie and we really liked it, so um elvis elvis is another huge winner here um because even though people were expecting to hear elvis nominated in certain categories i don't think people were expecting to hear them nominated as much as they got nominated for so definitely a huge win for them um brian tyree henry i have to say huge winner uh because
1: surprise too some people had exactly their their predictions but he wasn't a favorite
0: or no not not at all i'm i'm happy to say i had him in my uh uh, my list as we were going through uh, for um supporting actor there um it, it was more of i again the episode that we did is that if we were voting members of the academy who would we nominate for each category and he was one of my picks i wasn't expecting it to actually come into fruition so it was definitely very very cool to see and i was very happy for that so for him huge win on the same note a huge surprise and win for andrea Riseboro, uh who i think uh, oh. you could actually look at it as a negative or uh, positive, uh, I think you definitely more swing towards the negative side of things.
1: So I'm going to see the movie, I haven't yet, which no one had until this nomination list came out, unless you were in some elite Hollywood circle where you get invited oh, yeah. to whoever, like Edward Norton's viewing party in his living room yeah. or whatever. Some stat came out that was like, you need around 200 first place votes to guarantee a nomination. And so the numbers aren't wild. Especially when you're looking at the acting branch, and these folks are connected and through CAA, and I don't mean to get conspiratorial, but like that is literally a group of people who work together closely. And if you get invited to, you know, um, there, there's so many different celebrities who've been part of that group of people who are trying to make it happen. It was maybe a little too cynical before. There mm-hmm. are people who actually enjoy working with Andrew Riceborough and wanted to help pump up her movie, and so if Gwyneth Paltrow invites you over for a screening, you'd probably say yes. And then you go, Oh, actually that was really fun. And now that's a recency bias thing. And yet I don't think Andrea Riceboro is a winner here. Like, (laughs) yeah, you get to be nominated and you get to be someone that people talk a lot of shit about. Uh, You get to show up and probably a little bit of side eye going on from potential nominees or or friends of people who should have been nominated. You knocked off The fifth and sixth favorites for nominees were Viola Davis and Danielle Dudweiler. So congratulations. You took the spot of two black women who people aren't going to be loving that. That's not going to gain you a lot of fans throughout the world. And she wins. Sure. There's a chance that with whatever happened and the acting branch has so many uh, votes of the Oscars body. Mm -hmm. Like let's not put that out of the world of possibility. This world is a political place and weird things happen all the time, and people have won bigger offices for weirder reasons and just some popularity contest shit. Wouldn't it be the biggest shock in the world? It would be an upset. My guess and expectation is she will lose, and she will be more hated than before, <laughs> probably won't get nominated again, and yet, Daniel Deadweiler, folks were predicting this will be the first of many nominations she has in her lifetime. This might actually help Daniel Deadweiler in the long run of her career, And people doing the makeup nominations, which you mentioned, Brian Tyree Henry, who could have and should have gotten in for Beale Beale Street Could Talk a few years ago. And so some folks are looking at this as more of a makeup nomination. I think he'll get nominated a bunch in our lifetimes. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone like a Daniel Dudweiler would. Viola Davis um, might be another scenario where whatever movie she puts out next, it could be a freaking rom-com horror movie. And the Oscars might finally take something like that seriously in order to make up for for this so we'll see i know that the campaigning will probably look differently in years moving forward until everyone's doing this and maybe it becomes Mm -hmm. a more level playing field in some way that Uh, might be kind of nice and in the long run lead to more equitable results we'll see but this year i honestly think of andrea riseborough is i don't want to be in the spot where all i have is something to lose and my reputation suffers because people the, the amount of people going, eh, don't take that one seriously. That was gross. Like, I don't think you want that on your career, even if you got in. Congratulations. You'll be a forever one-time nominee.
0: Well, it, 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 also, well, it also depends on who, how she is as an individual. From the reports that I've been reading and seeing is that she was very much involved in this whole big campaign push that she was doing. Yeah, she had, like, a campaign team that were doing stuff to kind of, like, spread the word and, like, in essence, they were harassing people, basically. So let, let's just go in because so this is like perfect timing too, because literally two days ago, um, there was breaking an article. News. Yeah, there was a breaking news article that came out, basically stating that um, you know the academy is going to be conducting a review uh, because of you know Andrea's campaign and how they approached uh, certain things and aspects. Um, basically, from this article, I I gathered that. Her campaign team, um, you know, got in touch with a lot of like major members of the of the Academy to kind of push them to check out the movie and, you know, do them a solid and kind of spread the word and all that stuff. Now, the Academy also has certain rules as to when studios were allowed to send email blasts to their Academy members whenever they're promoting the movies for their campaign And I believe each studio is uh, limited to one email blast a week. From the report I read, it said that this team blasted three times a week um, to get more eyes on things. Um, And, you know, basically it was just a lot of like, hey, you know, you're my friend. Do me a favor, you know, uh, check out this movie. And if you like it, you know, spread the word or tell other people to watch it and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, So in essence... It worked for them because obviously she got the surprise nomination. But what does that mean for other people involved in the process and all that? You know, will this did she do the thing that she was allowed to do and actually benefited from it, where other people could have done the same exact thing, right? Like it, it's kind of hard to say right now. Um, but a lot of people are speculating that because of this. It is definitely going to hurt her reputation in the long run um, because, yeah. unfortunately, it co- you know every time you cause any kind of controversy or drama that affects other people who are like were looked on upon as more of the clear cut favorites, especially when you're talking about trying to make the the academy and the oscars more inclusive, um, that definitely will not look good on your record if you are the one that caused the stir that, you know, forfeited the votes from a person like Viola Davis or uh, or um, uh, what's her name again um, from Till? Danielle uh, Edward, Edward. Yeah, that's a, yeah, Danielle. Right. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this is going to affect things moving forward. I mean, it's definitely going to probably change and put more um, structure in the whole campaigning process. Uh, for studios and those involved, um, but if anything, this is the I think this is the one of the first times in recent history that the politics of it all is really coming into the spotlight. And for someone like you and I, who are we are somewhat mostly familiar with the politics involved, in, you know, behind the scenes when it comes to Oscar nominations and the voting process and all that. I learned more this year yeah. now because of this. And because of something else, we're going to talk about later when it comes to international film, um, mm-hmm. it just it just opens my eyes into how political all of this is, and how the structure for the whole process is pretty broken. And I feel like there's a, it leads to a lot of unfair uh, voting, unfair potential. Um, it's not very. Uh, open and representative, um, or it can be as representative as I think people would wish it would be. So, um, we're definitely going to talk more about that later, but that definitely leads more to that discussion as to wow, all this stuff really happens behind the scenes. Um, especially when you're out there saying, Oh, why didn't so and so get nominated? You know, he did such a great job, and everyone kept talking about him. Well, maybe the studio didn't push for him, maybe you know, the campaign wasn't as strong. Or someone else got into people's ears and they kind of swayed their votes and all that. So if it sounds very much like regular politics, you're damn right. It pretty much is. So uh, very, very interesting.
1: On the additional research, there's a couple of fun anecdotes, which I'll get to. But yeah, there have been nine Oscar nominations revoked in history. And the two most recent ones are for stuff very much like this. So yeah, one thing I learned, they wouldn't replace her nomination with whoever got the sixth most votes. Yeah. Uh, it would just be four nominees then, which could change things. Would be interesting to see for sure. Um, somebody was saying that this actually hurts Kate Blanchett's chances, even though Kate Blanchett was saying Andrea Riseborough's name from a stage recently, which right. might be part right. of the cynical campaign. Yeah. But now, if there was going to be someone who did whatever degree of You you could call it woke voting, but also like some version of like equitable voting or being considerate of some of the fuckery that happens and biases Mm -hmm. that happen in voting that now you only have, unless I'm miscounting it, you have one person of color in that category. And also with people being more upset about Danielle Deadweiler and Viola Davis, you might have more people looking to do um, some version of, especially with Kate Blanchett being in on the Andrea Riseborough of it all. If it gets pulled, that's not a good look to have been cat to have been um from the stage campaigning for Andrea Riseboro. Especially the other thing was about the Instagram post from the yeah. movie mentioning Kate Blanchett by from the name. studio.
0: Yeah, from the studio. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's not great. When they're campaigning for you, in a way, the version of the story is you're campaigning against them. But in the last um since twenty thirteen, the only two nominations have got revoked. And the only two times it's happened in history because of this kind of thing was uh, Alone Yet Not Alone had someone who was part of the Academy's music branch doing some grassroots campaigning, emailing members that they should not have done that was outside the rules. And then in 2016, the movie 13 Hours had a sound mixing uh, nomination. And that movie, the person had done telephone lobbying and that nomination was pulled. (laughs) That's like old school, old school (laughs) lobbying. (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah, back when telephones were a good way to right. communicate with people. Back when people answered the phone call. but um, Which might may have been why someone complained. Like, I got a phone call?
0: Yeah. It's like, else? who's, who's bugging the hell out of yeah. me right now? Come on. Ridiculous. Spam, um, spam.
1: The fun, funner ones, because there's been some weird ones where it turns out um, a movie was adapted or put in adapted, but it wasn't adapted or vice versa. Sure. But in the like very first Oscars... Charlie Chaplin was nominated for four awards, and because they were worried he would sweep, they just took his nomination out and gave him an <laughs> honorary award for all four. And that's a fun one. But I guess I get how it's not a good look if you just have one dude sweep your first award show and everyone yeah. just leaves, like, fuck Charlie Chaplin and this award ceremony. Um, my favorite, though, going through these nine on the, the deep dive I did, can't help myself, was the movie High Society 1955. Had Edward Burns and Elwood Ullman, two old school sounding names, nominated for best story, but they didn't write that movie. They wrote a 1955 movie of the same name uh, the year prior. Oh my! And so they just gave these this dude two nominations. These two dudes nominations for a movie that they did not write, and they took their names out of consideration, which Jeez. would have been hilarious if they were like, "Nope, we're not." Yeah, right. Uh, but that's that's one of my favorite little bits of oscar history (laughs) we've uncovered in all of this super fun research which some of it not so fun we'll get to international later yeah but yeah uh, it's been it's 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 great uh it's it's not a good sign when you become more familiar with the rules when reviewing the fairness of a process that's when we know we're in the weeds a bit much and and there's some bullshit going on
0: well it's definitely educational and at least it's it's Makes me feel more informed again. Why why these things happen? Um, also, just to uh, close out on the whole Andrea stuff, um, the thing you mentioned. And in case those of you are not understanding exactly well, how does an Instagram post kind of you know put a, a negative thing on things? So one of the rules, according to the Academy, when it comes to campaigning, is that you can't mention other. People who are considered for nominee nominations in your conversations about your own nomination or a certain movie that you are campaigning. So, Kate Blanchett was misquoted about speaking highly about Andreas, but for a different type of work and not necessarily for her movie. But you had the studio of uh, the movie who used that quote or a portion of the quote. As part of their Instagram posts, right? As far as like their campaign for to Leslie.
1: Well, so that was one of them. There was a misquote where yeah. somebody said it was a top five movie, and they had misquoted them saying it was a top right. five, yeah, uh, acting performance. And that's that's not the case. But that's actually a Richard Roper quote where Kate Blanchett comes into it is because somebody was comparing performances. Right. I think they said something in it like this is a better performance than Kate Blanchett, something right. like right. that yeah um, which it wasn't quite that overt but you just mentioned kate blanchett's by by name and this is the i'm a mac and i'm a pc and Kate yeah. Blanchett sucks, <laughs> version of campaigning that you're definitely not allowed to do
0: right right yeah so again there's a lot of these like little things that not everyone would be familiar with or be aware of so again this was very educational for a lot of us especially if you know fans of movies and us within like the pundit world and whatever the case is so very very interesting stuff and i think since this is getting more attention nowadays and of course with social media um you know it's definitely going to lead to uh potential changes on how these things are handled in the future and yeah, if you want my honest opinion, you're right. Andrea's not going to win. She's not going to win at all. She's not going to get any votes. Uh, she, there's already potential that she her nomination might get pulled. We don't know yet. I think that's to be determined next week, honestly, uh, or this upcoming week. So it's just going to be one of those like talking moments about the nominations for, was it the 95th Academy Awards? Uh, Oh, yeah, there's this uh, actress, Andrea Riserborough, who did this full on campaign and lost her nomination. And uh, by the way, what is she doing now? Off-Broadway stuff or something like who knows? Uh, Hopefully it's not going to be that drastic. But um, uh, to close out my list of winners here. Oh, yeah.
1: I I heard she was actually going to be doing a video game uh, composing. (laughs) Uh, let's not say what movie <laughs> that is in case it'd be a spoiler. But the uh, files <laughs> know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Not that, that's... She's just doing other work. In she's just doing other work. That's right. Yeah. 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 So. She's she's doing voice work now. um you know which she's which is a very for, lucrative yeah, business.
1: Halo Seven or something like that. Right. You know, <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait.
0: Uh, oh man hey guys i hope you're enjoying this episode so far but before we continue i wanted to quickly talk about bulletproof coffee bulletproof coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with why because it's clean coffee what does that mean well one There are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi-step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. It also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach, makes me a little burpy, and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up, uh, which is something that I need from my coffee every day. Bulletproof also offers a lot of keto-friendly snacks and supplements. Anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs, add to your diet, pretty much transforms the way you feel every day. So so for a limited time, if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now, lowkeygeek, all caps, one word, you can get 15% off your order. So what is it better than that, right? Check out the link in the description of this episode. Use this code, get yourself your discount, and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with Bulletproof Coffee. Now, back to the episode. Um, but to close out, the last of the winners I have on my list here is uh, Blockbusters. Blockbusters finally got recognition, uh, which is something that we were, you know, wondering if we would ever see happen. Um, And especially since, again, the Academy is trying so hard to pull in everyone to watch their awards program. But the only best way to do that is you include movies that people actually watched. So this year for Best Picture, we finally got nominations for movies that, actually performed well at the box office because people actually went out and watched them. Like Top Gun Maverick, for example. You know, Avatar Way of Water. Um, Everything everywhere, it, it could be considered in that pool too because it was like a buzzy thing and people were talking about it. It kind of word of mouth led to all that kind of stuff. You know, so it was really good to see that. Um, performances, uh not performances, but... Um, you know, like movies like the Batman got recognized in some of the technical categories, but that's always to be expected. But it's always good to see, at least in the best picture category, which obviously is the, the mother of them all, to have at least two major blockbusters in there that people were buzzing about all throughout the year. So huge, huge win for blockbusters in general. And we're hoping that we're going to see more of that Um in future uh, iterations. But was there anything else that you would be considered like huge wins uh, for this year? I've
1: got a few, but first I'm going to go off of that one then I can go to the the next couple on my list. The box office budget movies like Elvis, Top Gun, Avatar, The Last Water, Airbender, whatever that movie's called. Um, (laughs) Sorry to anime fans. Um, That plus indie movies, in my opinion, also had a good year. I think what didn't have a good year was the middle ground, which in recent years, those middle ground movies have had a better year. So like Till and Woman King are left off. And I'm going to get to that in a second. I We've got that's something that can't be talked about enough. But there are movies that made the de- or the menu is another one. They made decent money at the box office, but they weren't box office smash hit record breakers like a Top Gun and an Avatar Um, And they weren't indie movies like Tar didn't do all that well at the box office. And yet it gets a lot of love from critics or Mm -hmm. Triangle of Sadness did some decent money out there, but it definitely isn't that what I would call that middle ground where it's like it appeals to a large group of people and yet it's not a box office smash. It's just a successful film, whatever that version of movie is, where it's a, a well and artfully directed blockbuster style movie. Those didn't do very well this year, but the, the more bottom end, the Triangle of Sadnesses and the TARS, and the top end, which we also have to include everything everywhere, which I don't know what it ends up at with the box office year in totals. I'm I'm curious about, um, especially we'll see uh, Avatar to the way of whatever um, end up somewhere. Like, we won't know its total of movies released last year, even though we're now in the new year for a minute. But I'm curious, either way, that's, going to be number one, right? Top Gun number two, but everything everywhere has got to be up there. Um, We'll talk about losers and horror movies and genre movies, which are going to be up there as well in that category of box office success. But um, that's been really nice to see. And I think including on that topic of indie movies and box office movies, the fans of movies will enjoy a lot of movies nominated here, especially in Everything Everywhere. And the more populist crowd will be pretty pleased by at least seeing an Avatar 2 and a Top Gun in there. of Forever was under-nominated. In my opinion, the Batman was under-nominated. It could have gotten more. I remember after we saw that, we were thinking it could have a bunch of nominations, and instead it only sure. has just below-the-line stuff, and not even as many as I thought it might. I think, I, I don't know where Woman King ended up on the box office in, in that world, um, but I do know the overall for, for movies, both of those groups of people, the ones who want to see more Marvel movies up here. And also like Angela Bassett's a favorite for supporting actress. First Marvel nominee for an acting performance ever. uh, Mm -hmm. Which is pretty wild. Um, So that's like could be a good year for that contingency. Uh, Even though you don't have a Marvel movie up there. And they they released three movies last year, is it? Um, Between Wakanda Forever, Thor, and Doctor Strange. But the... um, yeah, those are those. That's that's what I'm thinking on the the category of like overall, what kind of movies are there? Yeah.
0: Um. Just to uh, recap the box office. Um. So everything everywhere all at once. Um. Domestically made seventy million dollars, and then uh, worldwide total combined one hundred and four million. Um. So for again for an independent movie, um. That I'm sure the budget was very small on that film. Um, I think they did a phenomenal job, and again, given that it's such a great movie, the word of mouth really helped a lot uh, with a film like that. Um, and Women King, um, The Woman King did 67 million domestically, 92 million worldwide. So a little behind everything everywhere. Um, but I think for that movie particular, it was really just Viola Davis's performance that really you know drove home that, that movie. into a lot of people's heads
1: yeah but also i think there's a couple supporting folks that could have been in there um in the conversation which is you know at some point we go down the list of people who were eligible and should mm-hmm. have been nominated, and it starts to look pretty bad. Uh, I think are, we're going to losers as a topic next, or yeah, and we're just going yeah. If, if yeah, if you're yeah, if you're done
0: with winners, yeah. Uh,
1: no, I think the, the only the other main things worth mentioning are non Pixar style animated movies. We had a few, and normally there's like one indie style animated movie, but between Puss and Boots, kind of changing the game a little bit, in my opinion, with animation styles where they just kind of take that Pixar style and advance it further. Um, and by I'm talking about like the Pixar looking movies, some years those are four or five out of the nominees. And we also had a Marcel the Shell and we had Pinocchio, two proper art house style movies, um, a Guillermo del Toro and an A24 in those. Um, that I think it's a good year for that. Another one I'll say is like there, this year, I think it set a record or it's close for 16 first time nominees in the acting categories out of 20. So Supporting and main uh, lead for actress and actor. 16 of those first-time nominees and all of the acting, the uh, actor categories for lead actor, all of those are first-time performances. And of which we've got a Colin Farrell and a Brennan Fraser. And then in the supporting, we've got Kiwi Kwan. Those are all kind of comeback stories of people who were oh, yeah. in big movies mm-hmm. before in their career and weren't taking it seriously uh, and then are having great years. And that's been a really fun narrative. Everybody loves an underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in all of this, like Michelle Yeoh ends up as a winner kind of no matter what. Even if she loses, she'll get more crowd support on her side after something like that. But um, there, there's like a, a, a sad lining to that. Some people are saying this might be. Michelle Yeoh's only chance at a movie nomination, which is tragic, but that's kind of the world we live in. I assume Cate Blanchett will be here again. It's not every year where you get a Michelle Yeoh movie where she's cast in a lead role, yeah. and it's a movie that people are taking seriously and is successful enough. There's not enough casting opportunities for the Michelle Yeohs and the Viola Davises of the world to where we might not see them too many more times in the future. Um, but either way, another thing, which we'll get to to we can get to Losers in a second and the Academy and their issues with race and gender. But uh, this year set a record for Asian nominees or nominees of Asian descent. Um, in acting, we had Stephanie Su from Everything Everywhere, which was a pleasant surprise. And then the expected Michelle Yeoh and uh, Kiwi Kwan, the directing, the screenplay, the picture itself, and a few of the other, especially the blow the line stuff. That, um, sorry, for that movie, But then in general, we had a few other with Hong Chao, uh, someone of Asian descent. We had uh, Dolly Deleon, I think was someone we would have had in our list or would have been up there. That was a snub in that category. But also like the country of India had original song RRR. They have a movie in live action short film uh, or sorry, documentary short and main documentary overall. And there's there's a few other folks on the list overall. That's it's been a big year for that. I kind of wanted to see 38 at the garden, considering that uh, in the, <laughs> the documentary in the short, short documentary is what it yeah. would have been. Yeah. What it would have been nominated for. So I don't know how much of that is groundswell support with um, re- recent uh, anti-Asian violence happening in the news. And there might be some version of wokeness. but also this is just a great year for these performances and having a Daniel Kwan, uh, up there for director and he's a young dude and this is the first time he's been nominated for anything um th- there's just the work is undeniable in in that way um and we can when we talk about international feature and when we talk about like the uh daniel deadweiler and viola davis not getting nominated it's it's not a it's not a clear case of oh yeah congratulations uh, oscars you you fixed your race problem there's not going to be an everything everywhere every year that, which is uh, responsible for a whole bunch of these nominations. So I don't think it's necessarily like you fix things. I think it's just sometimes these movies are undeniable and, and then there's, there's more going into it with the politics and behind the scenes of everything uh, like that. Uh, but that was, I think the last thing I have on my, my winners list.
0: Well, cool. yeah. So um let's, yeah, let's dive into the losers and snubs now um, because we, we, running a little long here and we want, I want to make sure we get to talk about everything. So definitely I think in on my list here, the losers snubs, whatever you want to call it is genre films. I, I think more genre films should be considered. Um, Mia goth recently has been interviewed and she's a little bit disappointed that, you know, especially her being like a major horror movie star right now. She was in two movies last year. She's in one now that just came out recently Um, with infinity pool and people are, you know, and I saw uh, X um, and her performance as actually really, really good. And, and now she did the sequel to that or the prequel, if you want to call it with Pearl. So people have been praising her performances and all that, but we've talked about that in the past where, you know, people who are in comedies or whatever the case is, they don't get as considered, um, you know, outside of like the, the more drama uh, filled movies. So, I think genre films are, once again, lost out a little bit uh, this year. Um, And, you know, obviously there are people who you mentioned that weren't nominated that should have been considered more so. You know, you had Daniel Deadweiler for Till, Viola Davis for Woman King. Dolly DeLeon, in my opinion, should have been at least considered, um, especially since a lot of people were talking about her performance in Triangle of Sadness. Janelle Monae for Glass Onion. I think she her performance was extremely strong uh, for that movie. So that, as far as snubs are concerned, uh, these are some of the major snubs, and unfor- it's unfortunate that these snubs happen to also be all female and women of color. You know, so that formed a huge narrative that's happening now um in in the industry and the people who are talking about kind of like the fallout and backlash of the the nominations and the announcements. It's unfortunate that this seems to be an unfortunate trend, which also coincides with the lack of female directors being nominated for the directing category. You know, Sarah Polly, uh, Polly for Women Talking, Gina Prince Blythewood, uh, for The Woman King, Maria Schrader for She Said and Charlotte Wells for After Sun, even though these movies have been considered in other categories. You know, you have women talking, you know, nominated for Best Picture, which we weren't expecting to hear at all, which is fascinating. Um, you know, we have uh, After Sun being nominated in, in screenplay, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, but, you know, it, the the lack of She Said, being nominated or considered in anything is something that was a little disappointing. But yeah, I think the narrative there is that, um, the lack of, uh, female directors and just unfortunate snubs from female performances in general is, is pretty unfortunate. And, uh, lastly, and I think also most importantly, in my opinion, and I'm sure to a lot of people out there who were really, really rooting for this movie. If you were part of our live stream at the very beginning of the live stream. I had a bunch of people come in supporting this film and hoping that it was going to do really well. And that's RRR or triple R as I like to call it. Um, I think it surprised a lot of people that it wasn't considered for international film. Um, Only got the one nomination for song, which I think it it really deserves. And I think in my opinion, it's going to win. Um, but the fact that no international film nomination—I um, knew it was going to be a long shot. But I was hoping the director was going to get maybe a nod, or maybe have it, you know, nominated for best picture, uh, since it caused a lot of buzz um, last year, and it was a huge phenomenon hit. After uh, digging in some more information and all that, again diving right back into politics of it all, and I'm sure a lot of people are not aware of why some something like a triple r is not nominated um for international feature and basically it is the responsibility of the country where the movie resonates in or it resides in Um, every year countries or the country's academy uh, or their version of the academy helps promote and pushes through and submits films that they want to be considered for Oscar consideration that's why in international film you don't only see the name of the film but you see the country where it's from where it's being where it's uh, you know resided and who's representing it because it is a country nomination along along with it India decided not to submit RRR so according to this article that I read I believe it was on uh, the Hollywood Reporter uh it says here Instead of Triple R, the Film Federation of India went with The Last Film Show, an autobiographical coming of age drama about young boys' burgeoning love of movies. Uh, India has a tendency to avoid submitting films that reflect the cultural specificity, uh, specificity, sorry, that's a tough word, um, of Bollywood and Tollywood narratives with their genre uh, busting exuberance and musical expressivity. Expressivity. Wow, a lot of tough words there. I'm glad I didn't go to college. Um, uh, It continues to say that that may uh, have been the biggest hurdle for RRR from the start and its final undoing in the process. Uh, Others have theorized that the way the movie appears to embrace Hindu nationalism, thus rendering Muslims as the enemy, was more than a little problematic on on the home front. So it caused probably some... um, you know, ripples um, in the community there in India. Again, it kind of shows you the politics and everything that is involved behind the scenes in order for films like that to be considered for any type of nomination or consideration for the Oscars and all that. Um, Hearing all that, and I know it surprised me and I found it pretty damn disappointing. Um, How did you react? Uh, learning and understanding all about that stuff when it comes to RRR.
1: So this has been some bullshit on the academies apart. And what I don't understand, sure, you've done it this way before. Why would you keep doing it this way? There's a voting body in different countries and, or, or sorry, there's an organization and the actual rule for who gets to choose from each country is particular. But essentially, there's some organization in another country that gets to choose only one movie from that country. It says selection of that film shall, shall be made by one approved organization. So who's choosing that approved organization? Is that approved organization under any undue governmental influence, which I wouldn't surprise me with some countries? Right. Why would you only allow one movie from a certain country any given year to be selected? <laughs> right. In any category, like, imagine if they said you only get one supporting actress performance from a certain movie, and then that director gets to pick. And it's just, there's there's so many things in that that allow for issues. Just, like, so many other categories they have allow a certain group of people to put out a shortlist if you want, or let everyone vote on it and create a shortlist out of that. hmm Part of the reason why it's a problem is politically there are movies that the Academy would love to honor that now cannot be honored because there might be a movie from Iran that the whatever organization isn't going to put forth because the director of two of the biggest Iranian movies of the last year, one of them is a director who's um, having to make, uh, who's been jailed and I think there's versions where it's either blacklisted or is literally has had to flee Iran is not allowed to be there and then his son did the next biggest Iranian movie of this last year it's going to be very difficult for an approved big organization to put forth a movie like that now we have had Iranian movies in recent years but there might be another time where an organization doesn't want to put out an LGBTQ movie because of their government stance on those issues there's some amazing movies that get looked over and then Another problem we have on top of that is RRR was a favorite for original song. A lot of people don't watch the movies that are just nominated for original song and not for other categories. So now you have people who aren't seeing the movie. And if they did, because it was in the international features category, or at least a contender for it at all, then they could have said, oh, that actually deserves a screenplay, a director, a best picture. There are plenty of awards that are... Maybe should have and definitely could have been nominated for. And yet, because it's not even allowed to be in that list of nominations, now some folks aren't going to see it. And now they're definitely not going to put it on their list for nominees for other categories. And that sucks. So there are plenty of issues with this. There are things that the Academy needs to fix and should be working on or is working on. This is one that needs to be fixed yesterday. This does not make sense for how you do any category of any nomination when you want to choose the five best movies of of that category
0: no i i agree and 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 to go along with what you said like for for rr to be nominated for best song if i heard something was nominated for best song i'll just go to spotify and listen to the song i'm not gonna go no, watch oh, i'm aware uh, it, the yeah i don't mean I
1: don't that's right watch the, i do the yeah. diane Ward movie i did that last year <laughs> i might do that this year no. Um, but yeah, no, of course yeah. that's how that category works. It's one of the only categories you don't actually have to look at anything. No. You put it on in the car ride and now I I checked that one off my box and things I've yeah. Uh, seen. Yeah.
0: No, especially like like for example like Lady Gaga. Like her song is not even heard until the end credits of the movie it's like so why even watch and sit through the whole movie if her song doesn't show up at least uh, this song for rr is a part in the movie and it's actually a, a big part like right in the middle it's a nice break in between things and it's again it's just one of those fun experiences watching the whole performance so you have to go watch the movie to really understand why that song was nominated but you know a lot of people won't they're just gonna say oh what's that song, Natu, Natu on Spotify? Let me listen to it. I'm like, oh, it's all right. It's kind of chippy. You know, I like it. Um, but then it that doesn't mean people are going to go watch the movie about it, right?
1: For the record, those people pronounce it Natu, Natu. I'm sure of it. Oh, um, right. Exactly. All, yes. <laughs> I said I'd only seen five nominated movies since Tuesday. I forgot. I'd already seen RRR, so it wasn't on my new movies list. I, I went and saw it in theaters on Wednesday. Oh, Let yeah. Let me tell nice. you, the entire audience gave a an ovation during not to well-deserved at the well end deserved. of it during it and all throughout when we reviewed that movie some months ago, we talked about how great it would be to see it in theaters. Oh, yeah. I definitely get why that movies like no one should be surprised when they were doing screenings ahead of the Oscars, but it also makes me more annoyed now after having seen it and mm-hmm. with a fresh lens, after having seen a bunch of other stuff going, it should have been more represented in this year's yeah. race. So yeah, well, I was mentioning earlier that India had a good year for for nominees. Um, that is one where you could have had double the amount of nominations for folks or uh, movies from that country. Like, the, yeah, it, and well deserving too—not just some inclusion stuff, but literally it, it, that that international thing to me is the most obvious. There are other things that Oscars need to prioritize, maybe more, but on mm-hmm. things that will help. Uh. Especially as they make the voting body more international, that's something that they could very easily do today. Is unbreak yeah. that category, and it will help open up the field for other categories for other movies. Oh, for sure. Soapbox over. I've got a few more soapboxes yeah. to get to. So I'm
0: that one. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Yeah. But to close out on the whole our our conversation, um, it, it's you know we were mentioning before how the Oscars are they're, they're really trying to do a better job at bring in more viewership, including more film that people have actually watched and want to like support and all that. This was like a big knock towards the Oscars in that case where (laughs) whether or not they had the control over it, they could not include this film in their nominations for international feature film, which could have brought in a huge conglomerate of overseas international viewers to the program. And, also you know just more people in general like you and i or you know certain generations who could not stop talking about this movie since it hit netflix this last year you know so it's unfortunate that you know it's like two steps forward it's like one step forward two steps back right so it's like it's been a lot of that stuff and um it it would be great to see these things change in the future with all the rules and all the restrictions, you know, and I, I think the idea of curating a shortlist, you know, put together by the official Academy board or something, can help alleviate a lot of these things. Uh, instead of like really relying so heavily on the campaigning and the the submissions, you know, leaving it to the countries for their submissions and all that. Now, I understand how certain things could go wrong in that aspect too where maybe a films included that the country does not support because the the views are so radical or whatever the case is but when how do you draw that line you know how do you how do you know unless you actually go forward and and try to do something like that so we'll see we'll see what happens in future iterations but it's just unfortunate that a movie like RRR was so heavily uh dinged uh, because of such bullshit rules and regulations and, and missteps and all that stuff like that. So that, you know, so again, if you were wondering why you didn't see more of RRR during the Oscar knobs, that's mostly and mainly the reasons why that that's the case there. But um do you, um any other thing from your end about loser snubs? Um I know in our own personal conversations, we were talking about You know, it's unfortunate about the whole lack of uh, female color or just people in color in general representation um, and how maybe the move or the initial stages to change up the academy, the voting bodies, the members uh, may have hurt that because we're seeing that a lot of these members are more international people, Uh, hence why we are seeing a lot of more international consideration as far as uh, um, films are concerned, but that could, uh, uh, you know, negatively affect other things too. So, uh, do you want to speak up more about that?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've got I've got a fun one on my list of losers we can get to afterward sure. uh, if we need a palate cleanser. But first, just to keep going on that, yeah, there shouldn't be any surprise that. So it's hard to be shocked, but when you have so many black people and especially black women who were snubbed pretty harshly this year. Yeah. Like misogynoir is a real thing. It would be hard for anyone to make a case that like black people aren't the most oppressed group worldwide and black women specifically are the most neglected group. Um, And so what that leaves us with as the Academy tries to make things better, they have some inclusion rules that are taking effect uh, there was someone who went through the last 32, 33 years of nominees, and those new inclusion rules wouldn't have left out any Best Picture contender, that it is basically like just a bare minimum that doesn't really help things in a practical way. I think part of what we're seeing, and I have enjoyed as we see the the Oscars voting body become more international, some of the movies that we get. And we do get a more diverse selection of nominees than we were getting before. And historically, it was more of a group of old white men. And now it is less so, although some of the issues still prevail. And one of those issues, which I don't know, I wasn't there for any behind the scenes conversations, but I have a feeling they said, hey, we need to make more nominees. We need to, sorry, we need a, a more diverse voting body so we can get more devo- uh, diverse nominations. And yet they maybe didn't factor in that when you go to a more international voting body, it doesn't help with certain groups of people. And so, yes, you do get some amazing movies that are more recognized and a more diver- diverse list of nominees. But that doesn't help when you have people who are snubbed this year. We mentioned Viola Davis and Danielle Deadweiler, and Those are names are on the tip of everyone's tongue. We're talking about Kiki Palmer. We're talking about yeah. Gina Prince-Bythewood. Uh, direct, director of Woman King. We're talking about Chinonye Chukwu, director of Till. Um, we're talking about uh, Janelle Monet, Kiki Palmer. Um, these, to me, are people who are very clearly left off of the list, and it's just not an accident. And then, at the same time, when you have Elvis getting so many... Sorry, I'm, <laughs> gonna get, I'm angry right now. When you have Elvis getting so many goddamn nominations, where a key scene of that movie is... E.B. King telling Elvis, hey, you should steal our music. We would like for you to do that. Th- this There's something happening here, and it's not yeah. just a coincidence where every year it's just like, oh, yeah, there just weren't enough people on the list of possible nominees. Like, these aren't people who could have been nominated, these are people who should have been nominated. And you have a twofold issue. Yes, there aren't enough movies where certain people are given more money to do better work and given casting opportunities. Well, that's true. And the Academy can say, oh, there weren't the per- performances that we could have nominated. Well, that's a fucking lie this year. And that is not true. There are performances from that list that should have been nominated. And we can't just keep saying like, oh, it's just a coincidence. And they fixed the problem. They did better. They didn't. It's not enough. Keep trying. Uh, so that's my, my rant right there. If they thought they fixed the issue, they didn't. They need to do more work yeah. today, yesterday, tomorrow. And now for a funnier one. Steven Spielberg's dad, the loser of the year. Not only was Paul Dano snubbed, but also the man did not end up with the wife. And instead, a dude who looks like Seth Rogen apparently did. So that's that's uh, that's what I'll say to um, help me <laughs> get, get rid of the, the my blood is boiling uh, right now. That's that's yeah. the end of my losers list.
0: God damn it. <laughs> no, but I mean, well said. You know, on all of that. And it, it, is, a, an it is an issue and it is an unfortunate issue. Um and I honestly don't know how soon all of that will be will be fixed and corrected. Um the good thing, again, with something like this happening now is with social media and all that, more people are getting more and more aware of these problems. You know, as more of the, the behind the scenes stuff is being revealed. You know with articles like we just read or, or and mentioned you know insights and all that and people talking about it and you know taking to social media to kind of spread the awareness of all this stuff then the stuff definitely has to change from there you know and and all that now I think the counter argument could possibly be well you know we had eight strong performances and only five people can get nominated. So it is quite possible that someone's going to get left off of that list. I don't know how true that would be if you had a proper voting body or, you know, proper, um, you know, the rules in place as far as like who's, who's, you know, available for nominations or who is being, you know, who's the shortlist is or what studios are pushing, promoting the rules to campaigning and all that stuff like that. I think, again... The whole Andrea Riseboro thing is really putting to light about all of these bad situations and all of these things in uh, behind the scenes. Um, if she didn't push through with that aggressive campaign, who would have been considered for sure? And I guess it's easy to say, yeah, maybe Viola Davis would have gotten in there, but you know maybe what? Maybe it would have been what, Jennifer
1: Lawrence though instead, because like, right. would that be surprising to anybody if Viola Davis right. still got snubbed? Yeah, you know, and like nope isn't in there wakanda forever isn't in there nope got fully blanked till got fully blanked yeah it's really hard to look at a coincidence every single year and not start to see a pattern
0: right yeah so i i don't know um for for a business that we we admire because we just love the art of film um to be represented every year by this academy it's getting better, but it definitely needs more improvements and it definitely needs more changes and a, a better look into their practices and what they do behind the scenes and all that, you know. So I guess we'll close things off with a quick real you know, talk about what would you do to fix the Oscars and how would you fix these situations? Because I feel like these are the conversations you and I have always had in the past. Yeah, you know, like if they did it like this or if they did it like that, then maybe this would work and all that. Now with all of these things coming to, to the forefront, what would you do if you had the the chance to fix everything within the Oscars? What would you do? What were some of the things that you would do?
1: So I have a couple quick fixes. We talked about the international one. Make Turn that into a group of people uh, who shortlist it if you want yeah. or make it everyone's allowed to put forth international movies. And you can have two from a country or something like that. Um, as far as the, the, the issue of race, I think a lot of folks are chicken shit and they say, well, there may or may not be an issue and we don't want to ask people, are you black? And, and then we don't want to just add more black people and then that will hurt and that, that'll cause more. No, it's, it's okay to do that when you're dealing with equity and trying to solve a problem mm-hmm. is to intentionally go out of your way to fix the problem by asking someone how they identify or how they fill out the census or when they fill out certain categories and then prioritize folks like that is a diversity initiative that should have been taken on when they first tried to solve this problem and I know we're saying things are getting better and I think in the nominees overall things are but I think it's possible that we see as the voting body becomes more international I'm not trying to disparage the international community but I don't think it would be wild to say that it could become harder for black people and black women yeah. to get nominated especially when i've talked to folks from other countries and this is a generalization but they'll say oh you guys are very sensitive about race in america and we're okay with talking about it openly or joking about it and it's not as as loaded into their past which sometimes is a hell of a thing to say uh, and is totally not true but also there's been i think it would be a fair generalization to say that there's been less reckoning with racial history when a country didn't have a civil war. And so as you make an international, more international voting body, you might see certain types of movies get more love than they would have otherwise. And that's beautiful. But you also might see certain groups such as uh, black nominees and black women become even more overlooked. I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of what's going on when we have uh, so many gross oversights. So that's one thing I would do to help fix it. The only other one I have, which isn't as serious, but there's a few categories that would be fun to see and would be more interesting. Everyone complains about the length of the ceremony. You could have things that take up a couple minutes and they read off a list of names at some point or ones that are more fun awards. Like when the Grammys does Best New Artist, that's a very exciting category every year and it gets new fan bases brought into the ceremony do mm-hmm. a best new uh rising stars something like that and you could have okay. actors and or directors in the same category but what happens often and i don't think we have it this year but there will be someone who's a, a you know an eight-year-old child actor who had an amazing performance like an abigail breslin in little miss sunshine or i think it was sure. piece of no nation or there was a movie in recent years where, where that happened and that's happened plenty of times that person could be in that category and then they don't take away because there's some excitement there, which can sometimes get a nomination and take it away from someone who is also deserving, but also you could put them in this category. And that's a very exciting category. Now there's another one where you talk about the genre issue. I don't know if you want to do like a best genre film award or best horror comedy. I don't know how you fix that with the voting body of asking someone, how do you identify? And if you're in the horror movie world, now you get to, you know, I'm not sure how that works, but there definitely needs to be more there. But another couple categories that I think would make sense to include are casting. Uh, The Golden Globes has, uh, I think it's the Globes. They have an ensemble performance. um, They have. And then also I think SAG does for sure. Mm -hmm. But the casting one, that's a very important role in movies. And another one is stunts. And you might include that in visual effects, but now we're having a lot of uh, questions in now that they've combined sound categories, and then there's visual effects and editing, and to some degree, stunts are somewhat included in those. That's a very important category that has a whole bunch of people yeah. uh, who are only in movies and are very underseen. That would be a, that could lead to one of the most fun um, on-air segments is if you have like a recreation of certain stunts or something like that, or like put it in throughout the Oscars, right? When they're doing an original song, you have those stump people. You know, like, there's a version of that that makes the show more exciting and has more people represented. You don't have to add length of time to the performance. Um, I do think that they should always have the original song contenders, at least most years, uh, perform there. You could do some of the things faster and do some montages. uh, uh, There are different ways to shorten the length of the show and get more nominees and more exciting nominees and more exciting categories in there those are some things i would do for sure
0: yeah i mean all all good ideas and i think it's one of those tough things where i understand the academy they want to be very prestigious and they want to have like the the like the the ultimate tiered award ceremony for such a momentous event and all that so you don't want to like do too much to kind of lean more towards like the MTV movie awards or, you know, the Golden Globes is at times I consider to be a joke because of their categories like comedy, musical, and all that bullshit, which I never understood and I hate. Um, but I'm sure there is uh, a fine line that you could find that maybe introducing just some new categories to freshen things up and to allow for more of that inclusion to happen and take place. Would be great. I think maybe not so much relying on what the studios submit as far as what is to be available to nominate. I think there should be just an overall committee within the academy that kind of like presents this short list of okay, we've reviewed. 200 of the movies that came out all of last year and i we think these are the things that should be considered and then bam 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 each category and all that stuff like that and then or could obvious, be like this is available could be. to be right. considered right when i went through yeah. mine i just
1: looked at every movie i saw and was like oh yeah this one had good acting so now i'm going to look at it a little closer right. and here's the ones that are allowed i don't like the idea of too much committee because then you have to get a certain group of people sure. to make sure it's representative and that's difficult yeah. but to just say these are the ones and we get rid of campaigning completely is that a terrible idea because Kate blanchett is literally on a big stage yeah yelling about how campaigning is stupid and i honestly don't disagree
0: no yeah it again it's it's i hate the fact that there's so much politics involved in it and there really shouldn't be you know and the fact that we're having this discussion about campaigning and how it benefited someone, but really screwed a lot of other people out of it. It, It's just so poor. Um, You know, it doesn't represent the Academy that well at all. And it just, I don't know. It just feels like, you know, it's like that popularity contest. Like when you're at school and you're running for class president and you're like handing out cookies, like in the hall, like, Hey, vote for me. Or I think of like Napoleon Dynamite, you know, giving away like the shirts or the little like ribbon thingies, like vote for summer, vote for summer. Um, It's just so disgusting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Or I'll (laughs) give everyone free, yeah, free day long recess or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, right. Uh, Yeah. it, It makes things worse. I don't think anyone's better off for it. Somebody was yeah. saying that people get upset about these awards, and I think rightfully so because I we take it seriously enough to talk about it this long. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they were saying it's not it's not a movie that's the best. It's not a show that's the best movies of the year, the best performances. It's the performances or movies that a group of generally old cis straight white men take seriously, and who the studio who put the movie out there has yep. enough money and a campaign team to go put it out there. And the person is likable and glad handling and shaking, and kissing babies. So once you put all these together now, it is the best of that, of all these right. things together. That's not what we want. We want the best movies or the most popular ones or something. Yeah, right? Definitely not the best campaigning. That sucks. No one, that's not yeah. good for anybody.
0: No, no, because again, it's it's that's why you get what we got this time, you know. Like again, to Leslie, who saw that movie, nobody. I don't know anyone who's seen that movie. I don't. I, I don't even think most of the people involved in the movie actually saw it themselves at this point, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to be completely Did honest, the
1: movie. I don't know what it's about. Is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> Is Leslie a real person? I don't know. I right. Don't
0: know. You know, and and I and I and I should have known something was afoot. Because like one of the, one of the the YouTube channels that I watch, you know, it's it's another guy that talks about movies uh, every week. He had her on to interview her, but she, he's Mary, never had. Think, right? No, 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 no. It's not Mark. It's, it's she, this,
1: she had some she had some big some big name. Um, so I was listening to Scott Fields interview earlier. No, like
0: uh, no. She's she's been she's been working the circuit for sure. She's been like making the rounds. I won't be so it'll be hilarious if I see her on on hot wings if she is like on the hot ones like next week <laughs> you know this campaign has went off the rails somehow she's <laughs> a guest
1: host of the daily show all of a sudden you can go over for Trevor Noah. Yeah. oh my god yeah um, if she's one week all the morning talk shows Michael oh that's Shannon it and Andrea yeah Rice-Beroux. sure yeah they go to whatever yeah
0: yeah oh my god yeah it it is really (laughs) ridiculous and yeah i agree I, i would love it if the campaigning would be cut off or if it's done so that yeah feel free to campaign but that's not gonna really hugely influence the voting body of the academy if somehow that could be done with like certain stipulations and rules and and blocks and all that kind of stuff like that um but lastly just to close out on the whole race problem and recognition and inclusion i think it, it 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 it's not under sole responsibility in in the academy itself i think it's just hollywood in general give more people chances to actually do stuff more films with black people in it more black filmmakers more opportunities for black actors and actresses more opportunities for just people of color in general to have more opportunities to produce make and all these kinds of things once we see more of that happening and more in a equal playing field then it's going to be no longer a question as well why wasn't this thing nominated why wasn't this person nominated because now it should all be somewhat uneven playing field at that point now if we see more of that happening and then we're still seeing this issue happening then obviously we know where the problem lies and all i'm
1: sorry we are already in that world i'm not saying that there doesn't need to be more resources given to black filmmakers and yeah. creators that is true but what is also true is that there are nom- there are people who should have been nominated this year You and I talked about those people. We named them Mm -hmm. on our ballots or our likely nominees, and they weren't included. So we know that both problems exist at the same time.
0: Oh, of course. No, of course. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying one is better than the other. I mean, I think it starts some one place first, and that's Hollywood in general, right? I feel like that should be more looked in and, and more like, you know. Absolutely. whatever the case is but at the same time the academy also needs to to change and has their issues and all that stuff like that um it, it's just one of those things where both needs to happen in order for them to sync, you know in, in a better in a better way and uh i, I don't know how soon we're going to see those changes happening or whatever whatever it is but there's definitely more stuff that needs to be said about how all of it is put together and how all of it is structured um Little by little, I guess progress is a good thing, and some progress has happened. A little bit, maybe. I don't
1: know. <laughs> Let's go, Michelle Yeoh. I'm pulling for Michelle Yeoh for best actress. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. And yeah. I
1: almost honestly, I'm kind of rooting for Andrea Bros. to get pulled on only because of the campaigning of it all. I mean, I I, I oh. post D to Leslie. But I might put that one off till the end in case they pull it. Yeah, and I just want to have. Yeah. wasted my time on that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that 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 might be a film that might be a week a week before if if if, uh-huh. she, if she's still yeah. if, if it's still nominated <laughs> if she's still there. I'm like, all right, then 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 I'll watch it right before we do our ballads and all that. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much the end of our episode today. Thank you so much for watching. Of course, we would love to hear all of your thoughts about winners, the losers, the snubs the controversies the issues all of that stuff let us know in the comments what are some of the things that really rang out to you that really like like hey i didn't know about that um let us know let's have a discussion because again we love having discussions with all of you um you know all of you great and wonderful people like i say no losers in any of this here in this community we're all winners and we all come out of it with big smiles and winning grins and all that stuff but Before we close out and people are not aware yet of where they could find you, where can people find you online there, Blake? Thank
1: you so much for asking, Renee. I can be found on the Letterboxd film app with the screen name of Last Name Wolf. That is where you can find me.
0: Awesome. And make sure you do find him because he is a great follow on Letterboxd. As for me, I'm also on Letterboxd and I will make a better effort to be more of a presence on Letterboxd. Again, that's my resolution this year. We're still in January, so I'm working yeah, on it.
1: Believe, yeah, we believe yep. you.
0: Okay. <laughs> but I, work, at the same everybody. time, <laughs> I haven't seen many movies yet. So February is going to change for sure. We have some good stuff coming out. But find me there. But most importantly, Twitter, Face, uh, Instagram, Facebook, here on YouTube, Loki Geek. If you haven't done so yet hit that like, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. It helps support the community and the channel. And plus, it doesn't cost you a thing, only takes a couple of seconds. Hit that notification bell so you get notified every time a new video is uploaded. If you're looking for an audio version of this episode, you can find it on the Low Key Geek channel uh, on your podcast platform of choice where you can download this and many other episodes there. And to our audio listeners, again, thank you so much for listening. This has been Movie Time. I've been Renee. That's been Blake. We're out of here. Stay cool, stay classy, stay safe and stay sane. Catch you next time.